Have you had a busy week in the market? Not had time to catch up with the latest trends? Well, welcome to Cloud9fin, our suite of podcasts where we bring you the need to know information on deals, documentation, ESG, and we deep dive into the themes showing up in the high yield, leveraged loans and restructuring spaces. We also have our US podcast, which features discussions with members of the North American Levfin market with US editor Will Cager-Smith. So be sure to check in every second Thursday for that. I'm Catherine Hidalgo, a loans reporter at Ninefin, and I'll be your host for today when we'll be speaking to two debt advisory heavyweights from Alvarez and Marcel, Tim Metzgen, Managing Director and EMEA Head of Debt Advisory, and Tom Patterson, a Senior Director in the team. Our two commentators today bring around 40 years worth of experience to our podcast and advise listed and private clients on a wide range of debt products. They look at debt capital markets, private placements, asset-backed lending, investment grade, leveraged finance and structured finance. So why don't we kick off with a general question on the state of the market? Tim, what do you think? Sure, I mean, I think it's a really interesting time at the moment. we're sort of in the aftershocks of COVID still. So a number of lenders, businesses still looking back to, you know, has the performance improved? Has it got back to the 2019 levels? Is it still still having that hangover from, from the effects of COVID? But um, there's obviously these dark clouds ahead around recession and economic downturn. Um, so from a sort of credit perspective, we're seeing a lot of lenders look both backwards at COVID and saying, are you as a borrower through that period, but also looking forwards and saying, well, how are you prepared for any downturn that's, that's coming up? The, the added element of sort of strangeness, if you like, that's going on at the moment is <clears throat> you see the FTSE 100 breaking new ground. You see equity markets responding extremely positively to any news that comes out. A lot of news stories that talk about, you know, are we going to avoid recession, whether that's in uh, the UK and a number of the continental countries, Germany, Spain, etc. So <clears throat> it's a very difficult period right now for anyone to sort of crystal ball gaze and, and really judge where, uh, where the economy is going to be going forward. Um, and therefore, that just makes it incredibly difficult for lenders to work through their own credit approval processes. And it also makes it harder for borrowers to present their story with as much credibility as they'd like to when there's so many variables that aren't within their control coming up and and all the elements that I talked about in terms of uh, in terms of covid so we're sort of we're not quite in the middle of a storm if you like but we're 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 in this sort of slightly phony war of you know have we rebounded of covid is there worse to come actually are we stabilized um which all makes it very difficult for businesses to decide actually what they're going to do from a strategic perspective, a growth perspective, and therefore makes it harder for them to be as eloquent as they could be when they're speaking to credit funds and, and banks about what they need in terms of capital to, to, to fund that growth story. Yeah, I totally agree with that, Tim. The, there's a lot going on in the world at the moment. Um, there's lots of press all the time with different elements of volatility, depending on what your business does, which sector you're in, what are the challenges facing you. Um, but I think overall there is liquidity out there. So lenders have got lots of dry powder that they want to deploy. Um, but in this environment, it is harder to get that liquidity and you need to firstly know where to look so you need to go to lenders who you might not have considered before 
and actually you need to be able to present to the lender a clear story about why they should focus on and support your business and almost take the noise out of the overall macro environment and get them to focus on the real positives of your business. Uh, so definitely an interesting environment. I think it, it, it reminds me when I think about the deals that we're working on at the moment that actually we're having to spend a lot more prep time with our clients to get the message right and get the story right as we're going out to market that we might have done in the past. And even for credits that 12 months ago would have been slam dunk, you know, easy financings are proving to be much more challenging. And so the combination of that, and, and when I think back to you know, 2008, eight nine, the last time we really went into recession, we're seeing a lot of similar themes around lenders being a bit more hesitant about new opportunities, a bit more hesitant about new to bank or new to fund situations, and therefore need a lot more persuading to uh, to get the approval in place to actually fund fund that new transaction. Um, so that prep work, as, as Tom mentioned, be, is becoming increasingly important in the current market uh, and, and a real challenge in terms of just being as complete as possible and being prepared to answer all the questions up front that any, any potential lender might have for you. So what do you think needs to happen to get investors feeling more comfortable is it just that we need more certainty? Certainty, comfort around what the plan looks like, comfort around the deliver, deliverability of that plan is sort of fundamental to anyone who's looking to lend. And at the moment, there's just so many moving parts. Um, that's, where, that's, where the, that's where the challenge is. And what we're seeing is a few different factors. We're seeing that uncertainty impact at the largest end, where you're seeing the debt capital markets, terminal B markets effectively be shut for anyone other than a repeat issuer. And you could argue that's probably only open because investors are just recycling their, their investment in that rather than it really being new, new capital coming into that market. At the other end of the scale, we're looking at banks who are you know, taking a step back, reducing their hold levels, reducing the amount they want to lend, and um, again, being focused much more on existing portfolio rather than new transactions. Alongside that, what we're seeing is a number of funds, a number of pockets of capital that have still got a lot of appetite, as Tom said, to lend, um, but, but, but sort of posing the question to themselves as to, with the limited capital they each have, which is the right opportunity for them to put that money to work on. And therefore, there's still this, this you know, appetite to look at deals as they, as they come up, but also a slight caution and patience around picking what they think is the right deal at that point in time. Yeah, and and with that in mind, the, w the way that I think about it is that the credit committees at these lenders are seeing lots of opportunities at the moment. They're seeing new deals where they're being asked to believe in a business plan for the future, but they're also having their deal teams going to them where they've got a problem asset in their portfolio and they need some support, whether that's a covenant waiver or some new liquidity or something like that. So really, all of this results in, I think, higher level of scrutiny from the credit committees. And as such, as Tim said, they want to have that certainty and that clarity. And so really, whenever the deal teams are going with a new opportunity, they need to be crystal clear on what they're asking for. And they need to have perfect evidence to support what they're asking for. And so what we're seeing is that borrowers are taking a lot more time defining clearly what they want from the lenders and also potentially using more diligence um, earlier on in the process to prove out that business plan and just give that certainty to the lenders so they can make a decision to, to provide some capital. 
So all in all, a more difficult market for borrowers then. Yeah, and, and, and a difficult one to judge when it's going to change. I mean, it's interesting, you speak to, speak to people in the sort of private equity community and they talk about in pipeline of deals probably coming in the second half of this year, lots of new opportunities whilst they are in sort of pause mode, portfolio mode or fundraising mode at the moment. And then I speak to my colleagues who are much more focused on the restructuring side and they say, yep, we're seeing, definitely seeing an uptick in, uh, in restructuring work, but you know, really expecting that to you know, get ahead of steam in the second half of this year. So you have this sort of strange balance here of one side saying there's going to be more deals coming in the second half of a positive nature, and the other group saying there's going to be more deals in the second half of this year of a turnaround nature. And it's difficult to, uh, to bring those things together and go, what does that, what does that, what does that really mean? And so, for me, what does it mean? It means there's going to be continued uncertainty. When, you know, it doesn't feel like we're out of the woods yet. It still like, feels like there's still more macro issues to come through the system that we have to see the net effect of. And it's only once we actually start seeing ourselves coming out of that that we'd likely see a number of the sort of good book, uh, traditional lenders actually getting much more comfortable with the situation again. Is the situation still that there are safe haven assets? Are you still seeing certain areas being flown to? I think if you went back to the back end of last year, the the order of priority would probably be US first, content to Europe and UK last, not helped by the, the sort of special budget in, uh, uh, in, in the autumn. I think where we are now is, is US is still seen as, as a bit more of a safer haven than Europe, I think it's difficult for anyone to sort of look through the numbers in in Europe and I include the UK on that to differentiate as to you know, what element is an effect from Ukraine, what element is an effect from Brexit, what element is an effect of you know, input prices, logistic issues, you know, how do you how do you get China coming out of COVID later? How does that flow through? So you can you can you can write a very long list of potential impacts and macro effects. The bit that's challenging is to go actually how does how do you define that in terms of what the future might look like and and what's the effect of that on any on any individual business. So, no real safe havens as such, and that's why what we're seeing more of is whether it's an equity investor or debt investor, the focus currently being much more on portfolio existing exposure rather than necessarily looking at something new unless it's a really you know, it's a really compelling story and you can you, you can you can see something that's slightly counter cyclical in terms of the uh, the asset from a sector perspective are there any safe havens no there's too much uncertainty to know whether any particular sector is a complete safe haven but what we can see is how much debt is targeted at particular sectors and there are some real changes in the trends around that. So maybe seven years ago um, there was a good spread of lending across a multitude of sectors including consumer facing sectors. During Covid and actually after Covid so much money has been pointed at tech, healthcare, business services and actually the amount of activity of new lending within uh, consumer-facing businesses like leisure and hospitality as a proportion of the whole piece has has become a lot smaller where lenders are a lot more selective on picking out the best-in-class businesses. Now, the result of that 
interestingly is that in those sectors like tech, healthcare, business services, the terms have got red hot because there's just so much com- competition and so much um, capital that's targeted at a smaller part of the market in terms of the number of sectors. Whereas actually the terms that you're getting in consumer-facing businesses are more sensible and potentially more appropriate for the type of environment that we're in. So no total safe haven, but a lot of capital pointed at a smaller proportion of the market from a sector point of view. That's fascinating. Um, But kind of going back to discussing the more difficult environment for borrowers, have you seen them starting to give way to lenders? And if so, what are lenders asking for? It's it's interesting because for me, and Tom, interested in your view on this, but for me, it's not really... It, it's not really about it changing around the edges. It's it's a bit more binary at the moment. So you either have lenders going, I'm happy to support this sector, this type of business, this type of background, or or we're not. And it doesn't matter whether your pricing is a bit wider or the terms have changed. There's there's uh, the, as I said, there's more of a sort of binary approach to it. Now, what we are seeing is. Um, where there is appetite to do something, a renewed focus which is much more akin with where we are sort of in the cycle around the protections and making sure the right protections are in place and any loopholes that uh, that might have been there or or, 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 or or more limited restrictions getting getting pulled back if you like. But that's to me much more secondary element to the primary one which is you know, actually, actually is, is this institution willing to lend to this borrower or not? And and that's one where we're seeing, uh, you know, playing playing along with Tom's Tom's seeing around these different sectors, seeing that come through um, in much more detail. And 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 I think the the final bit I'll just say on that is what we're also seeing is <coughs> the investment committees at a number of these banks and funds taking a view of final credit that might surprise the deal team. I.e., final credit going, no, we're not going to do this because we're looking at it from a sort of a holistic view from that bank or that institution, um, which is often catching the deal team off guard. So again, it plays back to that binary, the binary issue as to whether a, a lender is willing to do it or not, rather than what the terms are. Yeah, I think that's totally right. Um, for, for new deals in particular, it, it is quite a binary market. So we're seeing quite a few processes where we're going out to a lot of lenders and actually more than we would expect are declining so that you know we're having to go out to a broader set to to get uh, an attractive new deal um, for for existing businesses that already have their relationship with lenders um, because of the challenging trading environment that we're in we're seeing good operators having to go to their lenders and ask for some sort of amendment and what the lenders are asking for there is uh, probably um, four things. Firstly, there is a focus on liquidity. So we're seeing the introduction of minimum liquidity covenants, which is ultimately a great way for lenders to have enough time to work out a solution if things are going really wrong. More generally, they're looking for more control. So they want to have a seat at around the table and have a discussion as early as possible so they can try and find a solution together. And as part of that, I think that they are being a bit more conservative about supporting you know, rapid expansion plans. They might ask uh, borrowers to just rein that in a little bit. 
And then finally, lenders are taking a renewed look at what is the equity value of certain businesses and seeing whether the shareholders in these businesses actually might have to put in a bit more money to demonstrate that they have enough skin in the game to make it worthwhile to uh, improve performance and therefore for the lender to be supportive. So I think, yes, totally binary uh, on the new deal side and on the existing portfolio side, they're just trying to get a bit closer to the detail before they provide support. So the reason I ask is because lenders have suffered under very loose docks for so long now and we're always looking out for signs that that era is over, but it just doesn't feel like it yet. Yeah, uh, yeah I, think, I think that's right. Um, yeah, we just advise a deal that was sort of cover light that completed recently so you know, there's still the ability to do that I think the challenges that are in store is with a lot of deals out there that are cover light you know what's the real trigger going to be for a lender and the challenges that we see coming up is around liquidity and liquidity in the incumbent lender group and, and liquidity needs within the borrower so last time around it was more sort of a financial covenant led downturn in the debt markets this time it's going to be one way it's about liquidity and and the challenge that's going to be there is you know, are the shareholders sponsors going to be there to put more money in to plug that gap are the existing lenders going to be willing to put more money in and and how much time if neither of those are willing to do that is there going to be to get a third party to come in and put and put that funding in place but you know, the flip side of that coin is the debt markets are much more diverse much more sophisticated now than they were back in you know, 2008-9, the time of the last recession, and therefore there's many more pockets of capital available if, if you know where to look to find them. You some similarities, but some big differences to, uh, to last time around. Ultimately, the terms that you're going to get in your loan documentation are very closely linked to the amount of competition that you have in your debt raising process. So in those sectors that are more insulated from COVID and more insulated from geopolitical uncertainty um, and inflation, there will be a lot more capital pointed at those sectors. There's more competition and therefore it's easier to get better terms. And so I think that there is a difference in those trends from a documentation perspective between the sectors. Thank you both for taking the time to speak to Cloud9Fin. As ever, if you're interested in more content, head to ninefin.com insights, where you can see some in front of the paywall, or you can drop us an email at team at ninefin.com. We're always keen to hear your suggestions for topic ideas, your comments on our discussion, and your feedback on the platform. If you like this podcast, don't forget to like and share it. Tune in for the US edition next week. I'll be back the week after. And in the meantime, don't forget to subscribe on Spotify, Apple Music, Amazon Music, and Google Podcasts.